0: Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Jesus came and died for each one of us. We can never forget that, we always have to be thankful about that, and then- And then thirdly, we need to come in here rejoicing, right? These songs that they picked were about worship and thankfulness and, and rejoicing. What do we have to rejoice in? Jesus Christ himself and everything, every single thing that he has done for us, from his sacrificial death on the cross, which then opened up an avenue to reconciliation with the Father. That's where it starts. We're, we're, we, we worship, we, we are thankful, we rejoice in that, and in every single day in our lives, when Jesus is alive, he's interacting with us, he's guiding with us, so we need to be thankful, we need to rejoice, and we do all this through our worship, amen? amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you, thank you so much for everything, everything, we are thankful in. And and Lord God, we're just thankful that we can come together freely and worship freely. Lord God, there is no condemnation coming into this house. There's not resistance to come into this house. And Lord God, we are thankful and we rejoice in that. So Father... Father, you're the best. What more can we say? There is none like you. And Jesus, we love you. We love you that you were so close to us that you desire that relationship with us, Jesus. You let nothing stand between us and you, you let nothing you you clear the path, you get everything out of the way, the only obstacles are the obstacles that we bring into the relationship so thank you for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness and your sacrifice and though that sacrifice was painful, we know that we can rejoice in that sacrifice because of what it accomplished Holy Spirit we thank you for for being in us and with us, guiding us, counseling us, comforting us, giving us discernment, giving us the wisdom that we so desperately need to navigate a world like we're living in. So today, we worship you. Today, we are thankful for you. And today, we rejoice in you. Pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone shout it out. Yeah, we like to shout it out, don't we? You guys can be seated. Glad you guys are here. Everybody come through the uh, storm relatively unscathed, right? Yeah, it's weird how it went from October to February in just a few hours. Um, But we're going to make it because, um, well, at least I'm hoping this is the major snow for the year. Yeah, right? Maybe? Probably not, right? Um, and and, and we, can under, we need the moisture, right? That's what we always say. We need the moisture. And, and this moisture is going to be around till late March, probably. These kind of piles don't go away, but that's okay. We live in Montana, and we can expect that. Well, we'll dismiss the kids right now. Kids, you guys can head on down... The pitter-patter of children's feet. All right, we got a couple announcements. I have slides for some. I don't have slides for some. We'll just mix it all in. Today is the last Sunday of the month. So what does that mean? The last Sunday's potluck. So please stay for that. If you're newer to church here, or you're visiting today, please know that you are absolutely invited to stay. We never have a shortage of food, Um, and I'll say this, we never have a shortage of really good food, so please plan on staying for that. And then Tuesday is our trunk or treat um, in the 40s, right? And we pick, you know, we go from four to seven, so, you know, 4 p.m., that's gonna be the warmer time of the day, so. I would still wear coats and gloves and boots and and all of that. But if you are signed up, if you're having a trunk, please get here before 4 p.m. because we like to get the parking lot closed off maybe 10 minutes until 4. Um, We'll just put up some some tape and stuff just so we don't have cars driving through here, people that don't know how this all works. So please plan on getting here early. We have lots of candy, but feel free to bring more candy that day, Um, and it's, It's going to be an awesome time. Remember why we're doing this. We're doing this to meet people, right? We're doing it to have fun. We like to have fun as a church, but we're doing it to meet people. So when when you have families coming through and you have kids coming through... Interact with them, smile at them, converse with them, do all of those things. We're going to have information about our church um, that we can shove in the bags and give to the parents and all that. But we want to treat this as a way to interact with our community, a community that so desperately needs Jesus. So that's why we do it. Uh, West of 50s is coming up. That's going to be Sunday, July 5th, which is a week from today. See, I'm, I'm stuck. You know where my mind is. My mind is fishing in July, wet wading, no waders, just sandals, fishing with grasshoppers and things like that. And, and it's really hard for me. This transition is really hard pray for me. Actually, West of 50s will be next Sunday, November 5th. November 5th. And it's going to be a progressive dinner. So please sign up in the back. And it starts at... 4 p.m. and I believe the first house is the Cipollas so you go to like four different houses and eat at four different houses. I've, I've never done one myself it sounds quite interesting it's like I hate to eat and run but that's what this is all about um, so sign up for that on the table under the, the TV in the foyer and then of course Operation Christmas Child yes. Don't you forget the box don't you forget the boxes. Right out on the label. When you get done putting your items first, a this in there, what you can get, a suggestions, and then on the outside, you put the label. Got it? Yes. <laughs> yes, we got it. So those boxes have to be back here on the 19th of November, not July. The 19th of November, because they got to get them halfway around the world and all that, so please participate in that. And then Bridge Builders is going to be having a dessert auction that same day, November 19th, and the idea behind that is, is that you can come and, and bid on all these wonderful desserts and then have them for the Thanksgiving stretch, because we can never have too many desserts over, over Thanksgiving, it's like, Christmas without the presents, right we just eat so please please uh, please bring something to be auctioned off and then come um, ready with money, as I wasn't going to put it that way but um, and then the donations that come in will be going to the Hope House here in Helena, and they help um, women who are in crisis, and they were actually the group that that came um, during Celebrate Recovery, they would bring a whole group. So uh, it's a good local um, organization to support. I think that is our announcements. Is that our announcements? Everybody said amen. All right, four ways to give, right? Always four ways to give. This whole idea, the principle of tithing, a lot of you got it. If you don't have it, it's simply form of worship. We give with our finances, it's a form of worship, and you guys are really good at understanding this form of worship, and, and it's, it's a joyful thing. It's not like, oh, this is the awkward part of church where they ask for money and they try to twist our arm so we can, we can put a $5 bill in the offering plate. If you notice, we don't pass an offering plate. We leave that up to you because it's between you and God, but you can't. Donate online at bridgehelena.com or through our app. You can text it, you can use our giving boxes, or you can mail it. If you've never tithed before, um, get with somebody that you know and just say, hey, can you explain this tithing process a little bit um, deeper? Or come to me and we'll talk about it. And then when your heart is ready and, and, and you're ready, Try doing it and just see, see what God does in your life. We don't give to get, that's not what I'm saying. But, but it's the same as coming in here on a Sunday morning and, and standing up and worshiping. It's the same thing as coming to the altars at the end of service, it's a form of worship. It's in all that we do. Um, and this financial part is just, it's just a component of it. We trust God with everything. Man, if I'm gonna trust God with my kids, I'm gonna sure trust God with my finances. But all too often, we try to separate that in a crazy way. Anyway, that's giving in a nutshell. All right, you guys, you guys ready to, to roll on this message? Yes. Let's do it. Let's pray once again for this, this time. Lord, as we step into this portion of, of service, as we open up your word, as we look into your word, Lord God, help us to, to silence everything else and to focus upon you. Lord God, there's always the busyness of life, all those those little things in the back of our heads that try try to produce that static in our life, especially when we come to church. Lord God, help us to silence those things and focus upon you, focus upon your word, the knowledge of your word, but also the application of your word. Holy Spirit... Again, open up our hearts, open up our minds, open up our eyes. Don't cause us to go brain dead or deaf or anything like that in here this morning, but simply help us to concentrate on You. And Holy Spirit, allow me to speak what You would have me to speak, and only that, I don't want to say anything else, so shut my mouth if it's not from You, but Lord God, if it is, let me shout it from the rooftop. And like always, Holy Spirit, I ask, I I truly ask, and I plead with You that nobody leave here today the same way that they came in. And pray this, in the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone once again, shout it out. Amen. Amen. And that's really it, right? Each one of you has the potential to leave here much differently than the way you came in. You don't have to worry about God holding back from you, because He won't. He's going to give each one of us what we need. The issue is, is, will we accept what He's giving? Will it... Will we allow that to, to get in and, and affect us? So if we want to leave here different, God is right there. He's ready. The Holy Spirit will do it. Let's just position ourselves so we can, can make that choice. Well, today, in our series on the book of Colossians, we come to part 20. It's a, it's a great round number to get to. But we come to a very important... And, and, in a really inspiring portion of, of text. I, I found myself reading this and rereading it, and, and uh, it's kind of divided up into t- two different things going on here, but it's, it is inspiring. It's alive, it's, it's great. Now, if you were here last week, how many of you guys were here last week? I got lots of comments about last week's message, and they were all, they were all good, right? But they were all like, I need a band aid. Yeah, that one kind of hurt. You kind of stepped on my toes on, on that one. But that was followed up with, but I really liked it. I, I really appreciate it. And I think we can all agree that last week's message was maybe a wee bit convicting, right? I don't think anybody in here escaped conviction. And that's Holy Spirit conviction. It's beautiful convic- conviction. And, and though we are challenged by messages like that, by portions of text like that. The Holy Spirit always does it through love and with the intent of bringing us closer to Jesus and making us just a little bit more like Him on a daily basis. That's just it, man. We're supposed to to become a little bit more like Jesus every single day. That's not something that we take a vacation from. That's not something that we can take a sick day from. We're supposed to be becoming a little bit more like Jesus every day. That's called progressive sanctification. Um, Becoming a little bit more holy every single day. It's our walk. It's our growth process. So don't run from that. Run to that. And again, when you hear a portion of Scripture, like we had this last week, yeah, don't, don't try to get away from it. Don't ignore it. Allow it to speak to you. And don't try to justify yourself when we're talking about what we're talking about. Rather, allow the Holy Spirit to teach and to guide you. And I have to admit, when I'm going through um, my text for this coming week, and, and I have all week to study, and I love starting out Monday morning by just digging in, like really digging into the portion of Scripture that I know that we're going to probably get to, unless we don't quite get to all of that, because that's the way it happens a lot. I have to admit, I've, I've never... Truly slowed down enough when reading the book of Colossians to really grasp the beauty in how Paul is constructing this letter, let let alone what all is in there. So, for me personally, I'm getting a lot out of this series, even though I'm the one that's teaching it, I'm still getting a lot out of it, and I hope that you are as well. Let's remember quickly why Paul is writing this letter. To the Colossian church, number one, Jesus is central and supreme to all and in all things. Number two, Jesus is the Son of God. Number three, we are to strive to live a life in Christ. We've, you've heard that now 20, 20 times, so I hope you're getting it. And then we take that and we make it personal. Jesus, you are central and supreme to me and in all things in my life. That's a big statement Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That's a a true statement, and that's a daily statement, sometimes an hourly statement that we need to continue to affirm in our life. Jesus, I will constantly and continually strive to live a life in you as my Lord and Savior. Important statement, because that can get hard on a day-to-day basis when you're living in the type of world, the sin-stained world that we are living in. We need to keep that in front of of each one of us. So with these statements in mind, with these principles in mind, let's keep learning and let's keep looking. Right? We need to learn and we need to look. We learn what Paul is so brilliantly teaching and we look for opportunities to practically apply the knowledge that, that Paul is bringing through the Holy Spirit into our daily lives, right? Knowledge and application. I've been preaching on that. Knowledge and application. We've got to do both. Now, as I said last week, was a little bit challenging, a little bit convicting. Chapter five or uh, Chapter three, verse five lays a really out a list of, of sins that the born again believer is is to not only put to death But in Paul's words, we are to also deprive them of all power. We're supposed to take the power away from them, right? Dying to them is one thing, but then then taking that and just ripping all power from that, that's an important um, idea. See, there's a constant battle between our sin nature and the new life in Christ. And each one of you probably either are experiencing that, have experiencing that, you are going to experience that, especially when we're, when we're newer in Christ, and we're, we're like, man, I just came to Jesus, He's my Lord and Savior, all this great stuff's happening, but your old self, which is very familiar because it might have been just a week or two or three or six months ago, It's familiar. It's right there. And it's continually trying to pull us back into our sin nature. We need to stand up and and we need to say, man, I want to battle this. I want to to stand against this because, Jesus, you are definitely worth it. And in essence, we are to guard ourselves while being self-accountable. We need to be self-accountable. Self-accountability for the believer is is watching over myself and taking all of those old self, the old sin nature things, directly to Jesus. Right? It's like, gosh, I shouldn't be thinking these thoughts. I shouldn't be engaging in these things. I'm past that. i got Jesus in my life. What am I thinking? I need to take those in my self-accountability and I don't need to just try to disregard them. I don't need to justify them. I don't need to do any of those things. I need to take them directly to Jesus. See, the reality, the biblical truth tells us that that there's no requirement for a priest, a pastor, or an intercessor other than Jesus himself. And depending on what denomination or what religious system we grew up in, that can seem a little bit different, that can seem a little bit odd, but you have to understand it's us and it's Jesus and you can take anything and unload it upon Him. And He will counsel you and He will guide you. And then just when we thought we were out of the woods, we come to verse 8 and the beginning of verse 9 and that's where a lot of the focus of the comments came from from last week. See, Paul gives us a list here that the the believer is more likely to struggle with. Things like anger, rage, malice, slander, potty mouth, lying, those type of things. You know, none of us ever struggle with any of that in bridge assembly because we're just too saintly for that, right? No, we struggle with that every single day and that temptation is always out there. The temptation to react, the the temptation to hide, the, the, the temptation to shout things out. See, within these scriptures, the only finger we should be pointing is the finger that we have pointing at ourselves. Now, in regards to sin, we need to remember a powerful account when Jesus dealt with the finger pointers and established really established some ground rules here. It's found in John 8, 7. However, when they persisted in questioning him, he straightened up and said, He who is without any sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. And you guys probably recognize this, this account, right? The Pharisees, they had brought, they had brought a, a woman. She had been caught in the act of adultery. And, and they wanted her killed. They wanted her stoned. Because that's what the law said. And they were demanding Jesus to agree with them. And, and he comes back with this statement. He comes back and, and says, boy, you guys are sure pointing fingers and condemning this woman. But how many fingers are you pointing at yourself? Where's your own heart? Where are you at? He said, man, he who is without any sin, any sin, Let him be the first to throw a stone at her. For the Pharisees, it was about condemnation, not concern. See, if somebody's caught up in sin, we should be concerned with that. We don't condemn them. We we speak to them and we, we guide them to Jesus. We pray with them. We pray for them. That's much different than what was going on here. She broke the rules. She needs to pay now let's all throw stones at her until she's dead. And Jesus said, hey, wait, hold up here. Look at your own life. Who are you to be saying anything? So here at Bridge, we will follow the teachings of Jesus in regards to condemning others in their sin as, as well as avoiding our own sin. So let's just adopt that and say, I, I don't care who walks in this building on a Sunday morning. I genuinely don't care. Unless they come in to do bodily harm to us, and then we're going to meet that with an appropriate major, but, but I don't care what people did last night. I don't care what people did this morning. What I do is I care that they're in here, in the presence of godly worship, I care that they're in here in the presence of a body of believers that are truly concerned with where they're at now as well as where they spend eternity. I'm concerned with them being in here to hear the Word of God preached and to have a time of response where they can come and say, man, whatever it is that you got, I need that. I need Jesus in my life. That's what I'm concerned with. I'm not concerned with with labeling and, and pointing fingers and, and things like that. All right, we've kind of caught up to where we've come to so far, so let's let's get into today's text. And we will actually, we, we, we have to overlap last week's um, text. So we're going to start in verse 8, and we're going to see how they all tie together in, in an important and really an irrelevant way. So in your Bibles, turn with me to chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 8. Here's verse 8 and verse 9 out of the Amplified. But now rid yourself completely of all these things. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and obscene, abusive, filthy, vulgar language from your mouth. Do not lie to one another for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices. And Now we get a more complete picture here in verse 8 and the beginning of verse 9 we see the sins to be put away those sins to be discontinued in our life and now we enter a portion of the text that gives us really the reasons that we are to put away and discontinue these as, as well as unspecified sins so don't don't be like well the bible said this and this and this and this or, you know, those are the sins that we're supposed to put away. I'm sure glad God didn't list, or Paul didn't list this one. And I'm sure glad that Paul didn't list this one. Don't go down that road. We're talking general sins that, that, uh, that the believer struggles with, general sins that the world is consumed with. We don't get like a get out of jail free sin card. It's like as long as you're 99% of the sins out of your life, that 1% is okay. It's not how God does things. He's all or nothing. So, so don't try to conform this Scripture into, into your life or your needs or your desires or your wants. See, we are to, and we can, rid ourselves and not do these things because we have stripped off the old self. We have stripped off the old no longer us. It's no longer who we are. It's no longer our identity. The old self that was ruled by sin nature, consumed with sin and and evil practices. Most importantly, our old self was void or vacant of the most important part, and that's Jesus. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, he, he comes in to our life and actually he displaces our old self. And the definition of displaces is take over the place, the position, or the role of someone or something. You guys think back to like probably elementary or middle school science class, and there was that great um, illustration. Really, an illustration of displacement, and there was like a it'd be a tall, like beaker thing about that tall, and it'd be full of like say oil, right? Clear oil, and then and then the science teacher who was always the wackiest teacher out of all the teachers I ever had. The scientists were always the crazy people, and then they would bring like colored water, like blue water, and and when they poured that water in, the oil, the, the water would sink to the bottom and actually push the oil up and out. What was happening is is the water was displacing the oil, right? Until it got to the top, and then there was no more oil in there. It was completely displaced. And that's how we need to think of it. Those things, that sin nature in our life, needs to be displaced. And here's the thing. Here's the beautiful, wonderful thing. Jesus grants us the ability to do just that. The ability to strip off the old self... With its evil practices. Now remember, we cannot just understand this in theory. Yeah, I heard what the pastor said. I get it. I understand that. We're supposed to strip off the old self, the displacement stuff. That kind of makes sense. I got it up here. Now I can go on and live my life the way I've always been living it. That's not practical application. That's knowledge that doesn't transfer into experience and into wisdom. So we take what we're learning and we actually take what we learn on a Sunday morning and apply it into our lives. How crazy is that? Am I just a crazy pastor thinking that we should do that? Yeah, yeah, everybody say, yeah, he is. That dude's crazy if he thinks we're going to do that. But that's not my idea. That's Jesus' idea. So this knowledge has to progress into practical application and we must intentionally seek Christ in our life and every day we must do this so that we can put to death and deprive of power that old self our sin nature. And Paul's language here is is important because he speaks in such a way where we can comprehend it, we can get it, we can have the visual stripping off once again That stripping off, that that understanding, we're supposed to strip it off, it brings this visual of, 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 of removing an old, dirty garment. And we're to take off our old self like we take off an old, stinky and dirty coat. We strip it off and we reveal what's underneath. Paul also equated our old self to evil Practices. Practices are habits or, or practices are characteristics, right? They're characteristic actions that we display. Those things that we have uh, uh, a settled or, or regular tendency to participate in that have a great influence upon our character. See, a lot of people are caught up in, in sins and remember those rage and lying and, and cussing and, and those things and and sometimes we just do those so often they become such a characteristic that we just fall back onto those. And we never think, oh my gosh, that's a sin. I shouldn't be doing it. That's not glorifying to God. So we have to go back and we have to say, okay, what do I need to strip off so I get to the point where I recognize and I'm convicted every time I do that. Now let's look at the second part of, of verse 9 with verse 10. There's a second part of verse 9 with verse 10. For you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices and and have put on the new spiritual self who is being continually renewed in true knowledge in the image of him who created the new self. Would you please, in your Bibles, underline the word and here. That and that's right there. And! And! So it's talking about, hey, you've stripped it off and you've put on the new self. Now, now it was interesting this morning for me, to me, was a, it was a fun morning because I got a lot of weird looks for some reason this morning. I didn't, on, I didn't change my hairstyle, if that's what you're wondering. It's the same as it's been, well, for, gosh, I bet 20 years now maybe more than that, Amy would probably know. So it wasn't my hair, and, and uh, I, I don't know, people were giving me weird looks. Some people were even making comments, and uh, a couple of them just looked at me, and they're like, so what's going on? I'm like, what do you mean, what's going on? I'm just wondering what's, what's going on, and, and I wanted to give Mel, look at everybody, look at, look at Mel, she's dressed so nice today in that white coat, and all that, and and I just wanted a hug from Mel this morning. I was going through some stuff, and I just wanted a hug. And Mel was like, "Nope, you're not hugging me. Not hugging me." And and I had other comments, but a lot of just looks, like, "Man, what's what's going on with him?" And then an interesting thing happened. It, it really was. And and Charlie got here to church, and he comes up and he he just grabbed me like he always does. Didn't even think about it. Didn't even bat an eye. He grabbed me and he starts praying for me and. And he got done, and I said, Oh, Charlie, I didn't know that you would pray for me this morning because, because of how I look. And, and not only how I look, I smell. I'm not kidding. I smell bad. I mean, this, this sweatshirt can't even live in our house. It has to stay in the garage. And you can't wash it because there's so much gas and oil on it. When you threw it in the dryer, it would probably ignite. I mean, it's a, it's a terrible thing. And, and Charlie says, Well, I don't care. I'm going to pray for you anyway. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to pray for you anyway. And coming from Charlie, he's looking at me going, man, that dude's a mess. He smells. He's dirty. He's rotten. But I'm going to pray for him anyway. And, and, and part of the pray, prayer that we pray is, is that people begin to see the garments that they're wearing. Right? To truly understand, because we got a whole world walking around out there and, and they think this looks like a tuxedo. They don't have that understanding because they're not looking through Jesus' eyes. But we come to a portion of Scripture like this. And it talks about, for you have stripped off the old self with its evil practices, right? We've stripped it off. we got it. and uh, Man, this thing is dropping junk. And I'm just, like, my, my hand's smelling everything. Just, hey, Mike, you want to hold this? No, he doesn't want to hold it. We're, we're just going to throw that there. So, so we strip off our old self with its evil practices, dirty, grungy, stinky, but it doesn't end there because it says, and, and have put on the new self, the new spiritual self, who is being continually renewed in the true knowledge, in the image of him who created the new self. So, We take the old self off, but it doesn't end there because we're supposed to put the new self on. I'm going to see if I can get my microphone through this. It may or may not work, but we'll just see. Oh, look at that. It worked. So now, instead of having the old self, I have my brand new bridge sweatshirt on. See what that says? It says real answers to real life. Bridge assembly. It promotes God. I don't have to be embarrassed anymore, right? I have, an, I have an understanding. And honestly, standing here and looking at that, it's worse than I thought because, because when I was wearing it, I didn't see all this stuff on the... Why didn't anybody tell me? You know, nobody actually said, you can't wear that. And, and, uh, and, and honestly, it was funny because when I thought I'm going to do this, I thought, you know what? We're going to have visitors today. And because they've never been here, their first impressions, so I had to go up and I had to simply say, this isn't normal. You'll you'll figure it out. But we we strip off the old, and the point is, is we have to put on the new. We strip off that old, stinky, dirty sin. But here's the deal, we're not meant to walk around with no coat. That's not Jesus' idea. We strip away the, the old in order to make room for the new. I, th- I'll tell you what, there was no way I was going to put this brand new sweatshirt on over that. It wouldn't have worked. Because you know what? I'd have still stunk. That would have still been there. I had to strip it off in order to make room for the new. If anybody wants to wear that during the pot- potluck... Feel free. No, we're going to leave it right there. We put on our new self. We put on our new identity with Christ. And unlike our old self, who is continually becoming more and more stinky, more and more dirty, more and more worn out, our new self continually gets even better. It doesn't decay. It doesn't grow old. Because our new self is Jesus Himself. Constantly being renewed in the image of Him who created our new self. See, what a great visual. It's a visual that we can understand and and hopefully practically apply into our life. Now the problem that I see here is that some people, many people, They only get this half right. And the biggest issue with secular counseling and advice is simply that. It's all about those things we need to stop doing. Those things that are harmful. Those things we need to rid ourselves from, right? And that's important. But without putting on the new self, without putting on Jesus, we're going to fall back into that old self, that old lifestyle, because that's all there is. That's all we know. So you got to have Jesus. We can't just move away from something. We must always move to something. And that something always has to be Jesus. Amen? Let's keep going. We get to verse 11 now. And it's a wonderful verse that really testifies to the awesomeness of God. It is a verse that proclaims the love and the mercy and the grace of the Father. It's a verse that shows Jesus is the true non-conformist because He is. He doesn't conform to any earthly behavior, ideas, or, or ideologies. The only one who has the ability to break down stereotypes and, and combat bigotry and elitism Sounds like something we should learn about, understand, apply, and then take it to the streets, doesn't it? So let's take a look, and and as always, remember we need to understand the context of what's going on here. So here's verse 11. A renewal, new self, right? We're being renewed in Jesus. Old self is stripped away, the new self has come. It causes a, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised, and uncircumcised, nor between nations, whether barbarian or Scythian, nor in status, whether slave or free, but Christ is all and in all, so believers are equal in Christ without distinction, and everyone shouted out. Amen. Don't you love that? Don't you love that? Because in a world that might say you're not good enough or you don't fit in, Jesus says, I don't care about all of that. You want to take off the old and put on the new. It's not about any of those things. It's about this relationship between me and you. And I say, Jesus, I want that. I want that. And Jesus says, okay, I won't let anything get in the way of that. We won't let anything cloud that. We won't let anything obstruct that. Listen, despite what society or culture or the the current affirmative action group Whatever they try to tell you, true freedom and true equality can only come from Christ. That's it. All these these things that are supposed to help all these things in the world today, if they are absent of of Christ, if they don't address the sin problem and the new nature, freedom, it ain't going to work. It's not going to work. See, the old self is rooted in things like envy, jealousy, pride, anger, separation, isolation, prejudice, and bigotry. Human, human nature pushes hate and fear and segregation based on things like nationality and skin color and gender and age and socioeconomic status and even religion. Human nature or sin nature is, is rooted in the, in the father of lies and the father of accusations and that's Satan himself. And there is nothing more that the enemy wants than division. The enemy wants to divide. To divide families. To divide marriages. To divide churches. To, d- to divide cultures. Countries. We see that going on everywhere right now, don't we? Well, that's the enemy's plan. So he will constantly urge mankind to sow the seeds of division. On the other hand, our Heavenly Father wants nothing more than unity. Right, Unity first with Himself and then with those around us look at Matthew 22:36 this is called the great commandment it's what jesus says is the greatest commandment of all the commandments that are out there. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law. And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. All of it. If you don't have this, you have nothing. We can slim it on down. We can bring it close. We can make it easy to remember. Love God, love others. There you go. Hey, Bridge, what are you all about? Oh, we're about loving God and loving others. Hey, as a Christian, what do you believe? I believe we're to love God and love others. Pretty simple, isn't it? See, the father desires this to be the the point, even to the point of sending his son to die so that unity could be realized the distinction paul makes here in verse 11 were important to the original reader in the colossian church they were reading this and they were saying hey this sounds pretty important they they were looking at it and they were saying hey we probably have to change a few things because this is a this is vital this is so important and here's the deal it's also very important for us today see is Talking about things like Greek or Jew, which, which doesn't totally apply to us, really, right? We live in America, we live in Montana, America. We're not Greeks and we're not Jews, so we're, we're we don't need to understand this, right? Wrong, because the terminology Greek or Jew that reflects national privilege, right? Just because you were born in America, which is truly the greatest nation, right? You were born in America, that doesn't make you any better than somebody that was born in another country. It just doesn't. Circumcised or uncircumcised. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on this one. That refers to legal or, or ceremonial standing, right? That was a problem in the early church. The Jewish people who had converted to Christianity, they're like, man, we believe Jesus is the Messiah. But they were still hanging on to all their other stuff. So you could be a follower of Jesus... Who was circumcised and you were way better? you were doing it the right way because you were circumcised so all these other non circumcised people they were they were wrong and, and, and Jesus and in, in the early church man they had to try to correct that and, and Paul's saying, man there is no circumcised there's no uncircumcised. come on it's all about Jesus, barbarian or or Scythian refers to to foreigners or, or foreign culture. Right? Because we're so much more sophisticated. Right? In Kansas, you know, we, we had to really, really guard ourselves because Oklahoma was real close. Right? Arkansas was real close. And, and, you know, we had to make sure we just didn't convey that we were so much better than those Oklahomans or That's just a joke. It's not funny. But it's about foreigners and different cultures. And we can sometimes make, make make distinctions and say oh my gosh they're a third world nation they live on dirt floors look at them they're primitive oh the great white hope is here to help paul's saying no no there's no barbarians there's no scythians there's no slave or free and that's all about social standing in god's eyes we're all the same it doesn't matter where you work doesn't matter where you live doesn't matter how many kids you have or if you have kids or not. It doesn't matter about any of those things. It doesn't matter if you're the boss or the lowliest employee. God sees us all the same. See, what Paul is saying here is that in terms of, of where the image of Christ is truly reflected, these distinctions have no significance. And we have to understand that. And we have to employ that into our lives because we inadvertently can do it every single day. Now we find similar words Paul wrote in his letter to the Galatians. Galatians 3.28 There is now no distinction in regards to salvation, neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you who believe are all one in Christ Jesus. No one can claim a spiritual superiority. Now we gotta be real careful with a verse like that because people can grab little portions of verses and try to make it their own and, and try to try to beat the true believer up with, with words that they don't understand. So we gotta understand the context, right? It's very important. There are no male nor female, is not a call to transgenderism or anything like that. Don't mess that up because that's nothing to do with this. See, through our faith in Jesus Christ, all who believe become one with Him. And so we become one with each other. We are all one with Jesus, identifying first and foremost with Him. Jesus is the Head We are the body of believers. Jesus is the groom, and we are the bride of believers. Unified in Christ and what God has joined together, by and through Christ, let no man put asunder. Right? See, just like in a marriage between a man and a woman, though they have become one union, they still hold on to their distinct personalities and their distinct and unique traits. So though we have put off our old self and we have put on Christ and we have entered into a union with Christ, which means we have entered into a union with His church, our brothers and our sisters, we too hold on to our distinctive personalities and our, our unique traits. And God is glorified in the uniqueness He created in each one of us. We are distinctively unique, but we are also unified with others. In terms of salvation and, and our regeneration, God does not discriminate on any level. What I'm trying to say is each and every one of you is not only important in God's eyes, but each and every one of you is important in the body's eyes. Right? Each one of you has a a, a purpose. You have a unique skill. You have a unique talent. You have a unique personality. And without you, we are short. We are incomplete. Paul is conveying to us that we should not see separation. We should not see see, uh, those differences that we talked about. We should not use that as a criteria as to who can come into this church and who cannot. As to who can get saved and who cannot. As to who can have a relationship with Jesus and who cannot. Now we've got to remember why this letter to the Colossians was necessary. Why Paul found it needed to write this letter to the faithful believers. See, Paul is writing to proclaim the supremacy of Christ. This was necessary in part because the false teachers were seeking to mislead the church there. They had infiltrated they were trying to, to cause division. And the false teachers were establishing themselves in a system that placed them above the common believer. They claimed to have a special knowledge that only they could impart. They didn't see the equality that Jesus sees in His church. Now there's people, I've been put into the position of a pastor, right? My job is to lead the flock. It's to teach. It's to, to govern. It's to guide. It's to counsel and all of those. But spiritually speaking, I'm no higher than anyone in this building. It's just not the truth. But these false teachers, they wanted that. Now I've read a lot about false teachers. I've even heard, like sat and listened and seen false teachers. I've experienced the results of false teachers. And after all of those things, here is the conclusion I have come to in regards to false teaching. It always promotes and brings division. It is the opposite of unity. It causes a class system. Spiritual, not as spiritual, not spiritual at all. Therefore, this is what you need to be doing. And we have enough of that division in this world, let alone inside the church. Guys, we don't need any more division. So maybe the way we need to think about all of this is so we don't get misguided and we don't misunderstand. Think about it like this. There are differences in the church that we celebrate because they highlight the uniqueness each one of us were created in. But there are also differences that can be exploited to divide and break the fellowship we are called to have with one another. When we allow these barriers to to hinder our fellowship we are actually acting out of character we're acting like that character not this new character so we're acting out of character we we put on our new self we 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 put on Jesus and when we put on Jesus we 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 literally put on his character so anything outside of of Jesus and his Character means that we are acting out of character. Please don't act out of character. Why? Because Christ is all and in all. Period. Christ is all and in all. That's a powerful statement. It affirms that Jesus himself is the principle of unity. In him, all those differences that seek to divide us, merge together, and are done away with. What are we left with? Left with His love. What we need to take away from this is simple. Christ is everything. Christ is everything. Stop. Stop trying to add stuff. Stop trying to divide. Christ is everything. Worship team, if you guys want to come up. Loyalty to Him, therefore, must take precedence over all earthly or relational or political ties, right? If if you're saying, hey, Christ is everything, then you put Him on the throne above everything. I listen to Christians in some circles and, and they're like, hey I'm a Christian Republican or I'm a I'm a Christian doctor I'm a I'm a Christian accountant and all this and it's like are you saying that you're tied those things together no you're a Christian that happens to be a Republican you're a Christian that God gave you the unique abilities to be a doctor you're a Christian that that has the honesty and integrity to be an accountant Don't mix those things up. You are a Christian in in essence. Because every time we start adding the tag, I'm a Christian this, we are are separating ourselves. I'm a Christian doctor. Not like these other Christians. That guy's a Christian janitor. (laughs) I'm a Christian doctor. Drop it. Throw it out. We are to be Christ followers first and foremost. Nothing is to equate to the position we esteem Christ in our life. Not denomination, not occupation, not political affiliation, not skin coloration, nor geographic location or financial qualification. It's all about the propitiation, the sanctification, and the prioritization. Christ is all and in all. He is above all, but He is also for all, And to that, everyone should say, Amen. I love our church. I love the culture of our church. I, I love to watch when visitors come in. They're not neglected. They're mobbed. Seriously, and that can be a little overwhelming, but it's overwhelming in a good way. And I talk to people, and unfortunately, they'll tell me about their church experiences in Helen, and they'll say, man, I went to this church, and and nobody even acknowledged me. Nobody talked to me. And I say, how tragic is, is that? Because Christ is all and for all. And when we get people that maybe they look a little questionable, they look a little scary. Man, I wonder what they were into last night. We have a church that says, hey, come on in. Did you get your jam? Did you get your jam? Hey, you got a free coffee? You want to come sit? Where do you want to sit? You can sit anywhere in here. We don't care. You want to stay for lunch? Stay for lunch. We would love to have you. I love that about our church. It's the culture. See, our character is not of this. Our character is of the new self. The self that says, love God, love others. Christ is in all. And he is all. So let's bring as many people to Christ as possible. And that can't just happen inside the walls of this building. That has to happen out on the streets, at our campuses, at our job places. We need to love people to Jesus. Dividing people to Jesus doesn't work very good. We love them in. We don't, we don't tolerate their sin. I'm not saying that. We're not going to accept their sin. We're not going to change because they're, they're so engulfed in their sin. But rather, we're going to say, hey, this is the best place you can be. Now come on in. Listen. Get loved on. Come to Jesus. Watch your life change for the better. And then become a mighty evangelist for Jesus out in our community. Some of the greatest evangelists have not yet come to Christ yet. Right? We need to be aware. We need to be looking. We need to be ready to invite a man to speak Jesus over them. So, if you've struggled in any of these areas, it could be, "Hey, I've 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 labeled people. I've I've put people in a certain certain class system. I've I've you know, going back to last week, I've I've struggled with those things, those sins." Any of those things. Maybe, maybe you struggle with boldness, right? Maybe it's like, man, I believe all this, but I'm just too afraid to share Jesus with anybody. I'm too afraid to talk about my faith. Well, this morning's just a morning to just come and get with Jesus alone. Just lay your stuff down. Maybe you need to take off your old jacket. But if you take off your old coat, don't leave here without putting the new one on. Because if you Just take the old one off and you leave here. You're going to come back next Sunday. And I hate to say it, but you're going to have that old coat on again. I'm not going to wear that coat again to church. I felt horrible wearing that to church. It's like, gosh, I don't like the way I smell. I don't like the way I look. I can't touch anything because i got grime everywhere. I don't want to have to put that back on because I don't know anything else good news is is I don't have to because I got my new coat on. So if you need to lay your old coat down this morning and put on the new one, let's do it this morning. We'll celebrate by going downstairs and stuffing our face with nice warm food and desserts and love on each other and be unified appreciating, appreciating each other's uniqueness, but understanding we are all together. Amy, if you would want to turn them lights down, I'm going to pray we're gonna go back into uh, to worship. I have no idea what, what song Dave's doing, but I, I don't need to worry about it because I know he's listening. He's listening to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's gonna has told him what song to sing because we want as many people to the altar. I just want as many people in the altar because I know there's freedom. I know there's security. I know there's counseling. I know there's change. I know there's loving conviction. Edified to be built up. That's why we open up these altars. Everybody, stand up. <clears throat> My voice is about gone, so I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, help us see beyond our own circumstances. Help us to see beyond our own lives, Lord God. Those things that that we do fall short, and if we're guilty of wearing our old coat, we're trying to trying to put a put a disguise on our old coat on a Sunday morning but knowing that the rest of the week we're going to proudly display our old coat. Lord, Lord God, forgive us of that. Help us to get to that point of, of response where we can truly take that old coat off and leave it while putting on Jesus himself. And Lord God, if we're guilty of any type of jealousy, envy, bigotry, segregation, labeling, judgmental attitude, spiritual superiority. Lord God, forgive us. Help us to truly lay those at the altar and not pick those back up. Help us to live out the great commandment, love God and love others. Help us to live with, with this idea that, that Christ is all and in all. Lord God, today as these altars are open, I pray that God, you just speak to people and that we truly can change and leave here. Lord God, you are a force to be reckoned with. We want to be a part of that. There's nothing that says that we have to. There's everything that says that we get to. If we'll practically apply your text, your knowledge, and your principles into our lives so Jesus, be glorified. Holy Spirit, work on us because we love you. We thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your name. And everyone said, Amen. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com, and we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.